welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn, knitting, and other fun makery things. Thank you so much for joining us. We are super excited to be recording today out of our shop, Scratch Supply Co. in downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. And we just started telling you about the podcast after the second episode. And we are super excited about the feedback we've been getting. We've been getting emails and messages. Everybody's been super nice, and we really appreciate it. You guys rock. We love you. (laughs) Okay, so today we are going to be talking about something that we got in an email from one of our customers at the store. She sent an email asking how to choose good yarn for socks. She wanted to know how you could tell if something was reinforced or basically would just be a good choice. So what even are we talking about when we talk about yarn that's for socks? So if you were looking for yarn to knit a pair of socks with and you're looking for traditional sock weight yarn, like to wear in your shoes, not big, cozy, thick house socks, but, you know, everyday wear socks, you are looking for fingering weight yarn. Also, sometimes a little incorrectly called fingerling weight yarn, but actually that's <laughs> fingerling is a potato, a delicious tiny potato. It is amazing to me how often people come into the store and they will say fingerling and we mm-hmm. will say back to them fingering and they will just keep saying it with the L. So let's just all take a moment. Fingering. Okay. Anyway, sorry, Jessica, go on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a thing. If you're knitting socks using fingering weight yarn, you are looking specifically for sock yarn. And what differentiates sock yarn from any other yarn of that weight is that it is generally a blend of fiber. So it isn't just wool, but it is typically wool with a synthetic fiber added to it. So if you're in a yarn shop and you're looking through the fingering weight yarn section and you're reading labels, what you're most often going to see is a blend of superwash merino and nylon. And generally you're looking at about 20 to 25% nylon in sock yarn. And what that's going to do is create a stronger fabric because socks are worn hard. It's not like a hat that gets to sit gracefully on top of your head and never really be touched like it is in your shoe carrying the weight of your whole entire body and they need to be strong so the nylon really helps with that and that's not to say you are never going to walk through those socks but you will walk through them less quickly than if it were 100% wool okay wait but then what is the point of fingering weight yarn that doesn't have nylon in it oh Well, the point of fingering weight yarn that doesn't have nylon in it is all of the other amazing things (laughs) that you can knit with fingering weight yarn. And also, caveat, that is not to say you couldn't take your favorite sock yarn and knit a sweater with it, but there are lots of different types of fiber content and like yarn composition. For example, fingering weight yarn, that's single ply, is fantastic for things like shawls. And you're going to want to knit so many different things. You're not going to want to knit socks out of a fingering weight alpaca yarn, but you are going to want to knit a shawl out of it. So really what I want to talk about today with you, Karen, is shawls because I love them and I'm cold all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm knitting like my third ever shawl right now. Mm -hmm. I've, I've knit a couple of shop samples and then I'm knitting the Cinnabar because it like called to me 
but okay, I don't know how to wear shawls. I'm not a shawl knitter. Like, help me because I don't know what to do with them. Oh, you wear them. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like today is going to turn into my love letter day to shawls because shawls are amazing and squishy and warm and cozy and comforting and can be as complicated or as simple and mindless as you want them to be. First of all, I'm going to say I think shawl knitting is a little bit regional. In the four years that we've run Scratch, we have had the amazing opportunity to meet shop owners all over the country as we go to fiber events and industry shows. And people who live in areas that are less consistently cold than New Hampshire is. (laughs) So people who live in milder climates it sounds like they knit a lot of shawls, according to the shop owners that we meet who own stores in Oklahoma and Alabama and even Virginia and, you know, kind of like mid-coast type areas, a lot of shawl knitting. Whereas here, our knitters tend to be intense sweater knitting people. And that's maybe a little bit because Karen and I are intense sweater knitting people. So we just kind of like give that vibe to our customers, (laughs) to our knitting friends, and just kind of encourage them and cheerlead them through that. But shawls are definitely like beautiful and there's tons of options aesthetically. And I think that for people who don't find sweaters, hand-knit sweaters to be a primary part of their wardrobe, shawls are the big thing, like the physically big object that they knit. So shawls are amazing. And speaking of physically big objects. Okay, yes, because I have a question about this too. I knit a couple of years ago when it first came out, something called the Star Shower. It was like a shawl slash cowl. In the pattern photos for this, they're gorgeous. This woman is wearing like, it, it looks like a cowl that drapes over her shoulders. And I was like, that's amazing. I would love to wear that. And I knit it and I knit myself a cowl because I have broad <laughs> shoulders. I have had similar experiences. The Raina shawl is a pattern that's really popular on Ravelry. I'm I'm not sure how many years old it is at this point, but it's a free pattern. It just uses one skein of yarn. And based on how lacy and like how open the fabric is, I assume this thing would be big enough to, you know, wrap around me a little bit. So I found my one precious skein of yarn that I had in my stash that I thought great, I'm going to knit this. I finally have a project for this thing that I only have 400 yards of, which foolish of me, 400 yards is not enough, not ever going to be enough to wrap around me like in a big squishy cozy kind of way. And I was shocked at the dimensions. It was a tiny, tiny shawl, a shawl nonetheless, but like definitely like it would be a cozy squishy knit for a very tiny person. And I'm not. So <laughs> I was a little underwhelmed with my, my finished project. But shawls are all sorts of shapes and sizes, which is kind of what makes them so great. There's something for literally everyone. I think that it's important when you're picking your shawls and thinking about how you want to wear them, if you know how you want to wear them, <laughs> to look at the dimensions on the pattern listing so that you can avoid being surprised at how tiny your finished object is. I'm tall. 
I'm six feet tall. I have a big wingspan. Like if I want a shawl that will really wrap around me, I need something that's going to be longer width-wise than say 52 or 58 inches. Like that won't go from fingertip to fingertip for me. And that's kind of a good gauge of whether or not a shawl enough, a a shawl enough. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good gauge of whether a shawl is going to be big enough to be kind of like dramatically wrapped around you or not. So I imagine that would make a little or that would change a little bit based on the shape of the shawl that you're knitting, like how big you can get for a certain yardage of yarn, right? Like if it's a rectangle versus a triangle, you might be able to get that wingspan. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, definitely. Shape and also fabric composition. Because if you are knitting a shawl that has lots of dense cables and a lot of texture, your yardage isn't going to feel like it's going as far as something that's knit on proportionally larger needles and has like lots of yarn overs and big open lace work. So that will definitely affect the outcome. And you can play around with that a little bit too. Like depending on the kind of fabric you prefer, you can make your shawl more dense or more drapey. And there's kind of a place for all sorts of different fabrics. Shawl shapes uh, are widely varied too. There are a number of kind of big picture umbrella categories. There are triangle shawls, which people are really familiar with. You can start with just a couple of stitches and through a series of increases, just kind of let it grow and knit till it's as big as you want it to be. There are circular shawls that are knit from the center out and are dramatic and amazing. Have you ever knit a circular shawl? No. It wasn't one of the three that I've knit. (laughs) Um, They're beautiful, though. There's a woman who knits here who she knit. It's a big circular shawl. And I apologize because I don't remember the name of it. But it was like all of the constellations. She put beads on it in the place where the stars are in the sky. And it is gorgeous. And it took her, I don't know, probably like a minute because she's the fastest knitter on earth. But I think she's mentioned that it took her like five minutes. So (laughs) forever, basically. And like circular shawls are gorgeous. I have seen pictures also of square shawls, which the construction of those is a little baffling to me, but I think they're really neat. Like, yeah, square shawls also start from the center out generally. And I think haps are the traditional name for shawls that are shaped that way. Like in the British Isles, you'll see like historical photographs of women doing work where they've got these giant shawls like wrapped around them in kind of amazing configurations that makes me think a little bit of like baby wearing when people have big long wraps that they kind of like origami around their bodies and then will like tuck a baby into haps are (laughs) haps are kind of like that they're functional in addition to being beautiful kind of pieces of art too it's like a blanket toga yes as a, a blanket, it's socially acceptable to wear. Yes, Everywhere definitely. you go. <laughs> there are other things too, like rectangle shawls, which just feel like giant supersized scarves to me. And they're great because if you knit them long enough, you can wear them all sorts of ways, whether it's just wrapping it around your neck a ton of times like a scarf 
or, you know, wearing it like a hat where you bring it behind your shoulders and kind of cross it over the front of your body and tie it behind you. I've seen knitters wear shawl, scarf type things like that as tops. It's it's amazing. It's fashion. Okay, so you're going to Ravelry and you're like, I, I know I want to knit a shawl. I don't know what I want it to be. And you're choosing your pattern. Some of it is going to be fashion, like what you actually want to look like. But some of it might be based on where you live. Like if you live somewhere where you need a socially acceptable blanket to wear everywhere you go, you might make a different choice than if you lived. Are if you, you live using in, it as a beach cover up? You, or like you live in <laughs> Florida, you live in Florida. And so you're probably not cold going from your car to wherever you're going. We used to go places, I think. And maybe you are just fashion. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there are a couple different ways to think about it. And if you are primarily concerned with this being a functional clothing item for you, personally, I don't own a winter coat, which sounds funny <laughs> coming from a person who lives in northern New England where I wear wool sweaters from sometimes August through May. June. June. Yeah, like and I wear <laughs> and my then, short and then sleeve just sweaters, sleeve sweaters right? in June and July. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm in wool year round and I'm just kind of stubborn about coats. Like, I don't want them. They feel bulky and extra. I knit warm things for fun and kind of professionally. Like, it is part of my job <laughs> to constantly be knitting things. And I feel like I should be wearing them. So when I'm knitting a shawl... I'm knitting it because I need something cozy and warm and functional. I don't spend a lot of time going to fancy places or events and kind of am not like a real dress up person at this point in my life. So it's definitely about like comfortable and warm and easy to wear. So I, I look for patterns that kind of have those qualities. And if you're looking for something to wear when you go like hiking in the woods with your dog, you probably want wool to keep you warm and you <laughs> want something that's going to be squishy <laughs> and cozy. But there are plenty of shawl patterns that are not for hiking with your dog in the woods because if something happened to it, like you got caught on a tree or you <laughs> dropped it in a stream, some things are okay if they get snagged. Some things I would shed a tear for <laughs> many so I'm thinking specifically of like luxury fibers here. So if you're looking to experiment a little bit with really nice fine fibers that you don't want to knit a sweater out of, but you, you want to use and wear and make something really nice and special for yourself, shawls might be a good place to explore using those fibers. I can't see myself anytime soon knitting myself a sweater out of something like Metallico because I snag my clothing and spill my coffee. <laughs> um, but Metallico is a beautiful single ply sport fingering weight yarn from Blue Sky Fibers that's a blend of alpaca and silk. And it's gorgeous. It's so pretty. And I'm just not knitting myself a sweater because I would do something tragic to it. But maybe I have somewhere nice I want to go. And maybe I do want to have some sort of accessory that's 
fancy feeling or a little dressy or shows off some beautiful lace pattern that somebody has designed, it might be the perfect yarn to knit something like that out of. Or maybe I want to use some cashgora or something like that, like yarn that feels special and precious. That always feels like a good match for like a special, beautiful shawl pattern. <laughs> so we just got Kiviet into the store. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's so amazing. amazing. One of our very part-time employees does some sample knitting for us, and she is knitting a Brooklyn tweed shawl out of the Kiviet. And she actually just brought it by earlier today, and it is the most glorious. She said it was like, what did she say? The, the world's most loving cat or something when you're knitting it. It's like warm, and it just wants you to be happy. And I feel like wearing that shawl is probably going to be the exact same feeling. It's just like a little hug on your shoulders. Oh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like, I am pleased every time I get to see her make a little bit more progress. She posted a picture of it on her Instagram, and I think we can link to that in the show notes because I sure. think her account is public. So you can see what this looks like. It's just like beautiful and kind of ethereal and very light. And also it makes me think that if I ever have the opportunity to be close to a baby muskox, <laughs> I will hug it. I think that, yeah, I think baby muskox are surprisingly adorable actually for kind of they're super adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to knit a shawl. Mm -hmm. There is a particular yarn that you want to use. Mm -hmm. Let's say fingering weight. And the shawl calls for DK weight. Can you still use your precious fingering weight yarn? Yes. Who's going to stop you? I mean, <laughs> hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Literally no one. So, okay, here's the thing. There's no knitting police. Like, there are ways to do things, but nothing is written in stone with your knitting. Nothing, like, existentially bad is going to happen <laughs> to you if you don't follow a pattern as it's written. And if I find a pattern that I want to knit and it calls for DK weight or it calls for lace weight, and I think to myself, no, no, I am sitting on three skeins of this gorgeous fingering weight yarn that I have and I want to use it for this shawl, guess what? Use it for the shawl. You might need to play around with the size of your needle so that you are creating a fabric with that yarn that you like, you know, that you're not just saying, well, I'm substituting the yarn, but I'm going to use the needle size that's called for in the pattern. You might have a fabric that's too dense or too drapey. So adjust just like you would if you were knitting a gauge swatch for literally any other thing that you knit because I know you're all groaning but we should all be doing it. <laughs> it's it's the best case scenario it's the easiest way to troubleshoot your knitting before you actually get into deep into the weeds yeah but experiment and do what you want to do like that is kind of the whole point of this process of very, very slowly making your own clothing. <laughs> it's so that you're getting the finished objects that you want. And I also think it's, it's valuable to kind of push yourself as a knitter and think about how you can do things differently because maybe changing the weight of the yarn or the size of the needle makes a pattern like physically more accessible to you. Maybe your hands 
do not like working on a particular size of needle or with a particular weight of yarn. It causes you discomfort. It is not to your liking, whatever the situation is. That's okay. You can troubleshoot that and make changes that will make that project work better for you. You don't have to be tied to what the paper says. Nothing bad will happen if you knit a a shawl in a different weight or to a different size. Yeah, well, and if it's something like a shawl or even like a blanket where it doesn't have to fit a body, it kind of seems like if you were knitting with a different weight and it is, I don't know, three inches narrower or six inches longer or whatever, nothing bad is going to happen. You just have a different shawl. And that's fine. Yeah. In a lot of cases, I should think that if you get to the end of your shawl and you would like it to be bigger, not every pattern is going to work like this, but a lot of them, especially if it's one that sort of starts small and gets larger as you knit, you could probably just keep going if you want it to be bigger. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you get to the end of your pattern instructions and there's not an opportunity because of the shape or whatever to kind of like naturally progress and make it bigger. I don't know. Maybe you are into modular knitting and you decide that you want to add some length in a direction, pick up your stitches and work in the opposite direction. Like you have, you have the freedom and the skills and the ability to do these things and make it uniquely yours and something that is going to fit you the way you want it to and that you're going to love. Okay. So if I were to knit a shawl, I feel a little bit about shawls like I think people feel about fashion hats. Like you're either, (laughs) (laughs) right? And I'm not talking about like your little beanie or your your took or whatever, but like a fascinator or something. Yeah. Like you're either a hat person or you're not a hat person. But what if you want to become a hat person, right? So if you want to become a shawl person, how do you figure out how to wear this thing? Well, first... Step one, (laughs) knit a shawl. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. So maybe it's step two. Step one, knit your shawl. And step two, put it on your body and wrap it around you in different ways. Like some (laughs) things that you think look amazing might feel awkward. Like this is, I now have little T-Rex arms because I have wrapped my shoulders so tightly. I have reduced my range of motion. Like sometimes when you're looking at patterns, right? And you see shawls modeled in a particular way, like that is an editorial photo. That is a photo shoot to show off the fabric from a certain angle and is maybe not how you would wear that shawl on a daily basis. But really, shawls are big pieces of fabric in a certain shape, some sort of geometric shape. And depending on how big it is, you can wrap it around you a lot of different ways. I think that. A good way to get inspired is to use the projects function on Ravelry. So if you want to knit yourself a semicircular shawl, look at a number of semicircular shawl patterns, but don't just look at the designer's photos. Click on the little projects tab and see how other people are showing off that shawl. You're going to see a lot of shawls in bushes. (laughs) You're going to see a lot of shawls like closed pin to fences, but you're also going to see that shawl on lots of different bodies. You're going to see that shawl on tall bodies and short bodies and fat bodies and thin bodies and people who sit in wheelchairs and people who are 
hiking and doing different things. And that will allow you to see that shawl in action, as it were. Like sometimes you're going to see a photo of a shawl on a beach held up in the air, blowing in the wind. (laughs) And that is giving you very little information about how to wear it, but you can see how beautiful and dramatic it is. It's lovely. I... I know what picture you're talking about. I love that picture. Actually, I I knit that. I knit that shawl. It was one of my three. I love that shawl. We knit it together. <laughs> Mine is hanging on the wall in the shop. We're talking about the singing sand shawl. I want to say it's from Abby Knits. Yes. And when we did it as a knit along. Oh, help me. Was that this year? No. Two years ago. A year Two, and a half ago. Was it? Time is so broken. Time is really broken. I don't know. It was in a January, some January. It could have been this January. It could have been last January. I think it was this January. I think you're right. I think it was this January. This year is gone. It's done. (laughs) So anyways, we did this as a knit along. The photo shoot for this pattern is amazing. And then we took me out on the sidewalk. I think it's on our Instagram. And I tried to get the shawl to blow in the air. And it, it was a it was a really windy day. We were like, this is our chance. We can do it. <laughs> it we did not do it. But it was fun. <laughs> we definitely did not do it, though. So in addition to being a really great designer, Abby Nitz might also be a wizard based entirely on her ability to take that photo. I'm going to break that news here. It, it was wild. <laughs> that shawl caught air on the beach. Yeah. So look at projects on Ravelry. Another place that's great for thinking about how you might wear a shawl is Instagram. Follow the hashtags shawl or shawl knitting and see how people are wearing their shawls. Sometimes it can be overwhelming thinking about how to get them to stay in place. Use a shawl pin. You can use a stray knitting needle that you have. You can use a brooch or some sort of other fastener. If you have a wrist ruler, which many, many, many fiber people do, you can take that and instead of wrapping it twice around your wrist, you can position your shawl how you want it and wrap your wrist ruler around it a number of times and fasten it and that will keep it in place. In the shop, we carry some adaptable like leather and metal pieces of knitwear fasteners from Jewel. And there are lots of different ways to keep your hand knits in place. So you just need to kind of experiment. And you won't be a shawl person until you put the shawls on your body. Just like you can't be a fashion hat person until you just start wearing the hat. Like you just have to do it. The other thing we should say too is that um, a lot of designers have started designating a hashtag in their patterns. Yes. So if you're going to Instagram and you want to see finished projects for a specific pattern, you could look at that pattern and see what hashtag the designer said they want knitters to use. And then that will help give you the widest range of potential results there, which is pretty helpful. It's great when designers do that. Absolutely. And speaking of designers, Mm -hmm. there are so, so, so many designers that design shawls. Like you have thousands of options available to you and we have kind of a short list of some of our favorite designers and some examples of things that they have either put out recently or are like tried and true favorites so we have lots of favorite knitwear designers and here are a couple that you should go check out 
some of them have really deep catalogs of shawl patterns. Some just have a handful, but we kind of love all of their designs and we recommend them on a really regular base to people coming into the shop looking for shawls. Who should we start with? Tyne Swedish, who I love following on Instagram. She's Cleverest Stitch, has really beautiful shawls. One of my favorites is her Cheshire Cat shawl, and it's crescent-shaped and has a pico edge. And I think that that's one of those shawls that starts maybe with a garter tab, but it's one of those ones that would be easy to make bigger if you want a more dramatic, wider wingspan to it. But she has lots of great designs, and I think quite a few of them are fingering weight. So if you have those precious skeins of fingering weight that are hanging out in your stash and you're not sure what to do with them, this might be a good place to start. If you like gigantic shawls, <laughs> big, dramatic shawls full of like lots of color combinations, or you are looking to use up every spare scrap ball of yarn left in your stash, find Stephen West. <laughs> you, you are probably already familiar with him because he's kind of ubiquitous in fiber world, but he has some of the most large-scale dramatic shawls. He's the person I think of first when I think of really big dramatic shawls. So I don't even, I can't even pick one. There are just so many gigantic pieces to choose from. Let's see. Tiff Nealon, who I'm going to say I'm 99% sure that Tiff is a New England designer. She knows about cozy, cold weather, like really squishy, nice knits to wrap yourself up with and stay warm. Her Rivers and Winding Road shawl is a rectangle shawl. It's like those super-sized giant scarves that you want to wear like a big blanket out in public. They're amazing. <laughs> um, and that pattern has lace panels and garter and is just squishy and wonderful and would be great in fingering weight. But if you had some worsted weight yarn that you really wanted to get snuggly in, knit it in worsted weight. It'll be huge. You will love it. Let's see. Ash Alberg is another one of our favorite shawl designers. They have a prolific catalog of shawls, many, many, many designs. They also design socks and maybe some sweaters, other pieces too. But I I think their strength is really shawls. Yeah, like beautiful shawls of all different shapes. Ash is also a dyer, a natural dyer, and is the dyer behind sunflower knits and has just really beautiful kind of like botanically inspired things. Like if you want to knit a shawl that makes you feel like a green witch, you want an Ash Alberg pattern, I think. And one of the ones that I really love is the Rose Quartz shawl. It's an asymmetrical triangle. It takes about two skeins of fingering weight yarn. So you're looking right around 800 yards and They've included some beadwork in it, and I frequently do things like leave beads out of shawls. <laughs> right. Beadwork is really great, but if you're somebody who knits kind of on the go, which we tend to be, our projects are at home, and then they're at the shop, and then they're at home, and like they go back and forth, it's not always the most practical thing to be including because then you have to transport and not spill and not lose a million <laughs> tiny beads. You can always add beads. You can also always not have beads. It's totally up to you. Yeah, but that's a, 
it's got some beads and it's textured and it's just a fantastic shawl. So high recommend. Ash designs a lot for their own yarn, which doesn't mean you can't use somebody else's yarn, but that's a really good combination. If you are inspired by any of their patterns, the Sunflower Knits yarn is usually what it was made for. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Amy Christopher's Savory Knitting on Instagram, and I think Ravelry too, is kind of local to us. Amy's a Vermont designer, and she's got a huge catalog of sweaters and all sorts of things. But earlier this fall, she released the Pressed Flowers Shawl, which I am in love with. She wrote that pattern with the Farmer's Daughter Fibers, I want to say Pishkin base. It's a DK weight shawl, but if you wanted to knit it in fingering weight, no one's going to stop you. Or heavier, you know, depending on how warm you want this thing to be. The color work is done with mosaic knitting, so lots of slip stitches, and it's a really like gorgeous, squishy fabric. Uh, Jessica and I both volunteer at the polls for elections, and I was knitting it at the polls, not for this most recent, not for the presidential election, because there definitely was not time to be knitting, but it was the, I want to say it was the state primary election where there was a little bit more time. And so I was knitting it there. Even when it's not a super busy day, those are very long days. And somehow at the end of the day, I like shoved it in my bag and did something really wild to it. And so not the fault of the pattern at all. I was really loving it, but it needs to be, it needs to have some forensic pattern reading done on it, I think, and maybe a little bit of frogging. So it's been in timeout for a bit, but it's a really great pattern. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So good. And you don't often see color work shawls. You see shawls with like lots of different color combinations, but I think that color work shawls, whether it's stranded or mosaic knitting, are maybe less common. So it's kind of exciting to see that kind of use of color in the design as well. Oh, Francois de Noy, Frenchie. Her designs are fantastic. She does all sorts of really great stuff. Also, as an aside, Karen and I watched Knit Stars this year. And she was one of the knit stars who did classes. And it was really fun to get to see her talk about designing and go through her process. So we love her. Big fans. And one of her patterns, I think, is a really fantastic example of a circular shawl. It's the Kayam shawl, which is an old Gaelic word for circle of protection. And the circular shawl is lace and it is big it takes about 1,600-ish yards. Yeah, four skeins of fingering weight would be 16-ish, 100 yards. It's big and dramatic and gorgeous. That would be a fashion shawl. The, yes. The amount of work that would go into creating a finished piece like that, that would be something special to wear and kind of beautiful and dramatic I would not take it into the woods to fall into a mud puddle with my bad dogs. <laughs> you wouldn't take it hiking with the dogs? No, 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 not even a little bit. <laughs> Let's see. And then, oh, one of my favorite favorites, Sophia Talley, the drunk knitter, who also has a podcast and is a great designer, and I just love her work. She has a shawl called Dragonstone, that I think is fantastic. Oh, that's really cool. It's got brioche tuck stitch and it's modular. So it starts with this kind of like diamond shaped panel in the center of it. So if you think about it, like 
on the dragon's back between its wings or something. And then these triangle sections come off on either side, which I like to think of as the dragon wings. And it's cozy and squishy because of the brioche. And I think that you could really experiment with how big you let that thing get. Because it's modular, you're just kind of like picking up and adding stitches. And it's fantastic. So lots of ways to wrap yourself up in that as well. Another one of our favorite uh, shawl designers is Sylvia McFadden, who is Soft Sweater on Instagram and Ravelry as well. She writes so many shawl patterns and is just so, so good at it. They're amazing. A lot of them are lacy, but she experiments with lots of different shapes and also weights of yarn. Some pattern designers are very like attached to like one or two bases. You'll find lots of fingering weight or DK weight. Sylvia uses Aran weight. She uses bulky, just a really great range. And we have a couple of different patterns of hers knit up into samples in the shop. We have the after the rain shawl. Is it after the rain or is it the rain outside? It might be the rain outside. I do this every time. It's the rain outside, I think. I'm sorry. We have the rain outside. I think they're both part of the same series, like the same collection. And then we have another um, shop sample. It's the dusk pattern, which I love. It's a giant triangle shawl. And one half of it is lace work and the other half is garter. And it's just squishy and beautiful and is a really great contrast of textures and looks fantastic in fingering weight yarn. We have the shop sample knit up in a wool and silk blend that's really beautiful. It's got a little bit of sheen to it. Yeah, and it's just really lovely. We're going to put all of these patterns in a Ravelry collection and link them in the show notes so you'll be able to see them. So what if you have just like a single skein of yarn that you picked up at like a fiber show or you know how sometimes you see like there's like an indie dyed yarn that you really you just love and you have to have and so you get one skein and then you don't know what you're going to do with it. Are there shawl options for that? Yeah, there are actually a lot. Two of the most knit shawls on Ravelry are single skein shawls. There's the Raina shawl by Nora Backland who I think is a Finnish designer, and that's for one skein of yarn, and then The Hitchhiker by Martina Bem. There are so, so, so many examples of those projects. Like, they're kind of ubiquitous. Like, probably most of you who are listening have knit one of those shawls as well. (laughs) But if you have a single skein of yarn that you've been saving for a special project and you want something bigger than a single skein, a one skein shawl, play with color. Lots and lots and lots of patterns are written with like stripes and color blocking and different combinations. So you can play around with combining that one precious skein with other colors. You don't have to use it all by itself. Let it be friends with your stash. I think the Sylvia McFadden Dusk also would work well because that's when it's like garter on one side and lace on the other side and each side is like 400 yards-ish so you could get away with a single skein. So if you have like a a precious skein and then you could find something that would coordinate and you could sort of split it that way. Being able to do a shawl as something that you picked up because you just loved it feels like a really good way to use something that like, of course you could knit socks with it but maybe it's more beautiful than you want to shove in your shoes. You want people to see it. So this is kind of exciting. This is fun. Oh, yeah. 
this is, I mean, this is the whole point of knitting for yourself. Like you get to play with color and texture and shapes and it's excellent. It's going to be so good. So what yarn and specifically, I mean, things we carry in the shop because that's what we both use most often. Do you think would make good shawls? Oh, so many (laughs) things. All right. So if you are looking to knit something with like a light fingering weight yarn that's all wool and has kind of like a subtle, like classic color palette, we love Nurtured Fine from Julie Asselin. It's gorgeous. It comes on a cone, which is like irresistible to me. (laughs) I love the cones so much. They're super adorable. They stand up all by themselves and (laughs) never try to run away from you. And they have really high yardage. I want to say it's over 700 yards. It's impressive. And you can get a lot of shawl out of that. Like it's an excellent start. So that's one. If you like bright, bold, saturated colors and you like working with superwash fibers, I would recommend Sweet Georgia's Tough Love Sock. And if you want like little pops of color and you don't want to have to get a whole bunch of like full size skeins of yarn for like accent colors, they have these palette collections called Party of Five, which are like mini skeins of the Tough Love Sock. And they're fantastic. Um, The Sweet Georgia website has a number of like in-house designed patterns that specifically combine the Party of Five kits with one or two skeins of Tough Love Sock in one color, like a big solid color is your main color. And it's a great way to play, basically. Like you, there are so many great patterns that just call for like little bits here and there. And you can use leftovers in your stash or you can get yourself a coordinated palette. That's really great too, because it is the same base as the Tough Love Sock. It's just smaller skein sizes. So all of your fiber is going to be the same and uh-huh. behave the same throughout. Not that you can't mix different fiber contents in a project. You totally can, but it's kind of nice when you don't have to. Right. Let's see. Oh, we really love the Wandering Flock single ply fingering weight yarn. We got to know Geraldine this year when we were, oh God, that was this year too, at Vogue <laughs> Knitting Live in New York in January. And she's a new dyer. She's just been doing this a little bit over a year, and she has a fashion industry background, so she is very particular about, like, the color palettes that she creates, and her colors are really, like, fresh and fun and kind of pastel right now, but she also has some beautiful, rich, saturated jewel tones, too. But it's 100% merino, single-ply, and it's really lovely for shawl knitting. Uh, We also really love the Flan Fingering Base from Kim Dye's Yarn, which is a merino and silk blend, I believe. It's just gorgeous. It has like all of that like luster that silk brings and Kim's colors are fantastic. Hmm. What else? Oh, you know what's great for shawls? Mohair. We have Silk Mist from Sweet Georgia in our shop. And whether a pattern calls for it or not, go ahead. Hold a strand of mohair double with whatever your main yarn is because it will create that like beautiful glowy halo that is so exciting to see in your cozy knits. 
And you don't have to hold it double all over. You could just hold it double through a section of it or when you're working a particular color. But it's kind of a fun way to play with the texture and the final outcome of the fabric that you're creating. It's really not, it's not like holding other yarn double. It really is thin enough that it's not going to affect your gauge in any kind of noticeable way. So you can hold it for a bit, stop holding it, add it in, take it out, kind of do whatever you want. Mohair is pretty forgiving. And we got a hot tip from, oh God, Stephanie Pearl McPhee, yes. the yarn harlot. Yeah, we had a chance to meet Stephanie Pearl McPhee, the yarn harlot at Vogue. Also at Vogue. Yeah. It was a fun weekend. (laughs) It was a fun weekend. We were standing in line to buy coffee, I think. And we were complaining about tangled mohair. And she said, if you ever get mohair tangled, put it in the freezer. And that will make the fibers be stiff enough that you're able to untangle them. You have to be in a pretty bad place for this to feel like a good option. You put it in the freezer. You take it out. You untangle until the yarn starts to get warm again put it back in the freezer like it's it's a long and involved process but if you are in that bad place that is what to do yeah it's a handy trick let's see earlier we kind of mentioned this a little bit but shawl knitting with luxury fiber is great we have kind of a range of precious luxurious soft things that we love in the shop we love alpaca silk and metallico from blue sky fibers the Kashgora yarn from Cashmere People. We love the Eco Cashmere from Blue Sky Fibers as well. That yarn has kind of heartbreakingly been discontinued. Yeah. And when we found that out, we kind of like wildly bought it for the store. <laughs> we did. We were like dragons. <laughs> like, I want all of it. And so we have it and will for, for a while. But that's beautiful it just makes fantastic fabric and then super special super precious none of it kiviet so that's a fun thing to do to make yourself something that feels really like luxurious and special yeah so shawls don't be scared (laughs) if you're not generally a shawl knitter you don't have to have a particular aesthetic to be able to love knitting them and wearing them like in whatever way that feels good for you Okay. I'm going to follow up with the podcast as I start to finish the couple of shawl patterns I have going on about my success of becoming a shawl-wearing person. Do it. We're going to take pictures <laughs> and put you on Instagram so people can see. What's on your needles right now, Jessica? Oh, so on my needles right now, I have two sweaters and I am on sleeve island in sleeve purgatory with both of them i'm in a weird place with my my arms how do they work so as just as an aside i'm still doing the same things i was doing last week so we're not talking about what i'm knitting right now when jessica says she's in sleeve purgatory she is not kidding tell us about your purgatory i have done weird things (laughs) such weird things i don't know what's wrong with me So, okay, so last week I told you I'm knitting the Tomas pullover, and I'm still in love with the Tomas pullover, and yet I've done something deeply weird. So my armholes, which will fit my body fine, are somehow off from the schematic, and generally that's okay because I'm just going to pick up stitches for these sleeves and knit them, except you have so many thoughtfully placed short rows And I need to knit short rows for my shoulder caps 
but now I have to redo all of the math to make sure that like <laughs> the short rows are actually on top of my shoulders and not three quarters of the way up the back of my arm to match the stitch count that I have to accommodate my weirdly deep armholes. Yeah. Cause you're supposed to have like 60 some stitches, right? And you have like 90. Is yeah. that right? Yep. Yep, I do. <laughs> She's making such a face at me. She's so mad. Yeah, it's, well, so if I had maybe measured a little more accurately <laughs> before I finished knitting the entire body of this very textured, very cabled sweater, I would be in a different place right now, but I'm not. So I am in a place of deep denial about having to do math to rotate these short rows like 15 degrees or something and I can do it like I I am confident I can make this work but also I'm in a place where I just want to think (laughs) about drinking mimosas and eating pie and it feels like more (laughs) mental bandwidth than I have right now so that's kind of in timeout and that brings me to the other sweater that I have on my needles all I can do is laugh this is you know yeah so Also this year, because somehow everything was this year, (laughs) Right, a long, long, long time ago, also known as early 2020, I knit the star-crossed sweater by Jacqueline Sieslack, and it's great. We love her patterns. Yeah, we, Jackie, you're my hero. I love your sweaters. Also, what have I done to myself? (laughs) So I knit the (laughs) star-crossed. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. It's just dawned on me that both of these sweaters are knit using Forge from Hudson and West. Mm-hmm. There are some problem similarities. I feel like I've created a painful combination for myself with these two <laughs> projects. And in no way is it the fault of the designer or the lovely people at Hudson and West. It is 100% on me. <laughs> so I knit Starcrossed with the Forge and with some Spin Cycle, the Dream State, and... Because I, in my wizened old age as a knitter, have become kind of cavalier about what the instructions tell me to do, I ignored maybe the instructions to use different size needles for the main body of the sweater versus the color work. It's recommended that you knit everything on size fives except for the color work and you knit the color work on size seven. Fine. I was feeling confident about my tension. My tension is still good. That's not the issue. The issue is that I made no notes to myself when I changed needle sizes and was not sure whether I used the fives or the sevens to knit this sweater, but I know I just used one. And this is complicated by the fact that I finished knitting the entire sweater except for the sleeves and I blocked it. So additionally difficult for me to tell when I am being belligerent and not wanting to knit and block a swatch to figure out what size needle I used. (laughs) So I took a guess. I decided that I knitted on size fives. I picked up my sleeves on size fives and knit about two inches of sleeve and realized I had dramatically different fabric (laughs) and then ripped out the sleeves and then had a moment of clarity last night and thought, you know what, maybe I split the difference and knit the sweater on sixes I'm still not certain that that's what happened, but I've committed to using size sixes for the sleeves. So I started doing that last night after frogging. I picked up and started knitting again. And at this point, I'm just owning whatever fabric results. Maybe by next week, I will be wearing it. I don't know. 
we'll take a picture and stick it on Instagram if I ever finish it. And <laughs> if I don't, we will never speak of it again. It's going to be a really great sweater. I appreciate your confidence. <laughs> <laughs> it's inspiring. Maybe I will knit. Jessica. Yeah, Karen. Are you ready? Oh, no. <laughs> For a letter. Yay. Oh, I do love letters. I'm ready. I'm here for you. (laughs) What do we have? Well, I'm going to read a real letter. I'm very tempted in this moment to make up a fake letter from somebody who knit the body of a sweater and can't remember what size she had knit her sweater on. Cry. I'm going to tell you to cry. That's my advice. Maybe have a drink and then cry. And then just start knitting. To hell with it. Okay. Actual letter. Okay. From Eileen. Fake last name. I have a question about picking yarn for a pattern. What are the features you should be looking for? I love the bouquet sweater from Junko Okamoto, but the suggested yarn would be a stretch for me financially. Any suggestions for how to approach the search? Okay, Eileen, thanks. That was a good question. And I think that's something that knitters frequently deal with, whether it's because of how much yarn costs per skein or whether or not the yarn that a pattern calls for is something that's accessible to you, like you can't find it anywhere or your local shop doesn't carry it or it's not necessarily a fiber that you want to wear. Like maybe it is a breed of sheep that you find to be a little bit itchy on your skin and you want something softer. So yarn substitution is something that comes up frequently. For something like the bouquet sweater, the pattern is recommending that you use a worsted weight yarn and the sample was knit with Horizon from A Verb for Keeping Warm, which is a lightweight worsted yarn. I think that there are lots and lots of options for you. In place of that, something like Woolstock from Blue Sky Fibers would be a great option. It's a lightweight worsted yarn as well, and it is soft and touchable and has a really kind of broad palette to choose from. But when you're looking for substitutions, I'm going to bring you back to that projects tab again on uh, Ravelry on the, on the pattern page. So for this particular pattern, 325 people have uploaded their project, and I think it's helpful to knitters to kind of scroll through that and see the range of yarns that people are using, because it's not commonplace that we all say, well, the pattern says I need to knit with this. That's my only option. Like we substitute yarn in our projects all the time. So take a little bit of time to explore to see what's out there, but you're going to be looking for something of a similar weight and a similar fiber content. The sample for this sweater was knit with a merino wool. If you want to knit it with a Cormo or a Highland wool, I think that would be fine too, but you're probably going to avoid knitting a cotton version of this sweater or linen or something like that. Like you're looking for similar fiber type, but it doesn't need to be as granular as like specific sheep breed. I hope that's helpful. And I hope you knit this sweater because it's super beautiful. Tag us if you do so we can see pictures of it. 
I really love Junko Okamoto's designs. I think they're all really beautiful. They're fantastic. Yeah. I'm excited to see how this turns out for you, Eileen. Okay, so in addition to sending us your questions that you would like to have answered, you can email us at dearscratch at scratchsupplyco.com, and I'm going to link that in the show notes. We would also like you to send us your stories of either the sweater curse or gifts gone wrong. We're going to read them on the podcast for a special holiday episode by request. We got a request in our email, and we think that would be a really great idea. Thanks so much for listening along today. We hope that you will subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. It will help more people be able to find us. And we definitely want to reach as many fiber enthusiasts as we can. Tell your friends and we are excited to come back next week and chat with you some more. Bye.